Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing and deep insights. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and today is a solo episode where I will be discussing 10 phrases that all people need to hear. And in other news, this podcast is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company, and I use their products every single day. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes, scroll through all of their products, and see which ones might work best for you and your wellness needs. Then once you get to checkout, use code EVERYBODY for $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 224 of Something for Everybody. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and today is a solo episode of the podcast. Let's jump right in. This is for sports parents or parents in general or teachers or coaches, anyone who's really around young people and trying to draw out the best in them. We're trying to encourage them to become the best version of themselves, whether it's on or off the sports field. And so this is gonna be 10 phrases that all athletes need to hear. But if you're listening or watching this, you can sort of reframe these for any environment that you're in. They're all very powerful phrases that all young people, children, or even people that you work with need to hear because life is about building relationships. It's about building strong, cooperative, reciprocal, encouraging, dynamic relationships. And it is how we talk to each other that we create those relationships that are going to draw out the best in one another. And as, as, the co- as the coach, excuse me, of, of young people, of young baseball players, that's what I'm always working on. How can I draw out the best in my guys? How can I get them to reach their full potential and continue to strive for more, to be the best at getting better? And these 10 phrases that we're going to go over really encompass that. So here's number one. I love watching you play. This is a powerful statement. There is no judgment or criticism. Ultimately, this is all you really need to say. So if you're a parent and you're in the car now with your child after a game, this is the number one thing you should be saying. It doesn't matter how they performed on the field, whether they went 0 for 4, scored four touchdowns. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is the ultimate thing you can say to them. Simply saying, I love watching you play. What does this say? This is about praising effort over outcomes, praising effort over outcomes. And there is scientific data that proves that if you praise the effort of a young person, a child or someone you work with or a colleague or an employee, if you praise their effort, their performance increases rather than if you just praise their outcome. Say they go four for four in a baseball game. Wow, you're a really good hitter. Now he only expects or she only expects praise when they produce that result. It's same in school. You get a 95 on a test. Wow, you're so smart. But instead of saying, I loved watching you play or I loved watching how hard you studied for that test. Wow, you put in so much effort on this. That's awesome, right? Praising the effort over the outcome. Yes, still thinking about the result because if we're thinking about effort and the result wasn't what we wanted, we can still say, wow, I love watching you play, but what are maybe some things that that we could work on this week? Or what are some things that didn't go well in your game? Still asking these well, better how questions, but always starting off with praising effort 
over outcome. Now, if you saw they didn't put in their full effort, there's some more questions that need to be asked to get to sort of the root as why they didn't give their best effort. But we're still thinking about effort as the number one marker for success, especially for a young person. I've defined success as giving my best effort and only internally do we really know if we gave our best effort and we can be honest with ourselves about that. But as someone who's watching the game or seeing the test results, we just want to talk about the effort that they gave, praising effort over outcome by simply just saying, I loved watching you play, or I loved seeing how hard you studied for that test, or I love how dedicated you've been to practicing your piano, whatever it is, like praising that effort will allow for continual performance. And we know that repeated or rewarded behavior is repeated behavior. And so that's really important. And number two goes right along with that. And it's, I believe in you. I believe in you. Do you want to build confidence in your child or your te- or your student or whoever you're coaching, tell them you believe in them. They need to hear this from adults. So then it translates into them believing in themselves as well, because ultimately that's what we want to lead to. But if they know that someone they look up to, their parent, their teacher, their coach, really truly believes in them and is starting with this praising effort, then they're going to start to believe in themselves and they start to build this confidence, this unshakable, anti-fragile confidence that can be used in many different environments so they can try new things. What is confidence? Confidence is the intense trust in oneself. And we build that through preparation. We build that through previous success. But mostly in real time, we build that through our self-talk. And if our self-talk is encouraging and uplifting and credible and positive, it's based on what are the external voices that I'm hearing. And if some of those external voices are, I believe in you, I love watching you play, they're going to start to think about themselves and then they're thinking about their effort. They're thinking about giving their best effort. They're thinking about, okay, this is a new environment, but I can trust myself in this environment. I can go for it. I can really get to the messy edge. I can do all of these things because I have someone who believes in me and then equally I believe in myself as well. And so that's really, really, really important. And then number three, number three is do your best. We're all different. We all have different skill sets. All we can ever do is our best. I've said this over and over again, but it's one of the key themes that I talk about on this podcast. And one of the key themes that I talk about when I do speaking engagements or keynotes is that success can be defined in my eyes as giving our best effort giving our best effort. Why is that important? Because then ultimately we know, I said this previous about no, no, two minutes ago, that ultimately we are the only ones who know if we gave our best effort. Did I give 95% or did I give 100%? 100% is giving my best effort. So I can, if I can honestly say to myself post-event reflecting on how I did that I can actually say, yeah, that was a success. I gave my best effort. I showed up on time. I prepared. I worked hard. I did everything I could possibly do to get the job done. Now, did I get the job done? Did I win or did I lose? That's a different story. And yes, results matter. Results obviously matter, especially in business and in sports and in life, they matter. But we want to be able to measure our success really tangibly and really quickly after an event by simply saying, did I give my best effort? Did I actually 
do my best? And if the answer is yes, then how do we repeat that over and over and over and over again? If the answer is no, why? What's underlying? What's stopping us from going full tilt? What's stopping us from going all in? What's holding us back? Were we tired, didn't give, not give enough sleep? Um, what was our food intake like? Do we care about our teammates? Like what are these other questions that could potentially be asked here that are stopping us from really saying, yes, I gave 100% and I gave my best effort and that was a success regardless of the result because really it's win or learn. It's win or learn. Um, and we can always write down in our Well Better How post-reflection game sheet, what we did well, well, it was a success because I gave my best effort. And you're the, again, you're the only one who honestly knows if you did, and you have to reflect honestly about that. And then you can go one or two ways. Okay, great, I did give my best effort, great. Reward myself, that's repeated behavior. No, I did not give my best effort, why? And how can I change that going into my next performance, my next practice, my next game, my next test, my next presentation, whatever the case may be. So thinking about that at a very honest level is extremely important. Number four, be great at what you're good at. This encourages athletes to focus on their strengths. It helps kids define their role on the team. That's amazing. Be great at what you're good at. What that brings up for me is the Tom Brady insight that I've shared on this podcast as well, which is be the best at getting better. Be the best at getting better. There's a lot of stuff outside of your control as an athlete, tons of stuff. But what's in our control is our response, our attitude, our effort, our focus. All of those things sort of boil down into attitude and effort, attitude and effort. If I could be the best at getting better, I've detached from results. I've detached from outcomes. I've detached from having to be in this certain thing, doing this certain thing. I've just said every day. I'm going to be the best at trying to get better, whether that's improving on my strengths, improving on the things that I'm okay at, or improving on the things that I really need to work on and not being embarrassed by where I'm at, just knowing that's where I'm at. And I'm always going to try to improve. I'm going to accentuate my strengths. I'm going to work on the things that I'm not good at. I'm going to ask for feedback. I'm going to take that feedback. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to get good at and understanding that feedback. I'm going to be um, humble and have humility about me to know that I can always get better. That's huge. I learned that as an athlete over and over again, everything that I learned in life, really, I either learned from my mom and dad, or I learned from playing sports, playing baseball or being a professional wrestler. That's where I learned all my life lessons. Now, it's taken me some time to be able to synthesize those lessons and try to express them on a podcast for people to then take those lessons themselves and interject them into their own lives so they can enhance the way they think, feel and act, whether that be on or off the sports field. And it's super important to be able to reflect upon those lessons to know that we what we learn from them and how to move forward a little bit stronger, a little bit wider a little more in tune with who we are and where we want to be. And so if we can focus on that inside of be great at what we're good at or be the best at getting better, there's a lot of golden nuggets in there that you're going to find. Um, and you're going to find that you're actually much more capable than you, than you maybe previously thought, which is extremely important as well. Number five, this one stands out to me the most, which is love your teammates. The joy of team sports comes from the commitment to your teammates Athletes need to care about their teammates. This is such a powerful one. I'm getting married in September and I have eight groomsmen and one of them 
is a, a female named Jesse that I met in college. The other is a buddy that I met in professional wrestling named Paul. And the other six are dudes that I played baseball with because they're my teammates and I love them. And I wouldn't want anyone else up there except for those guys who've known me since, you know, 2012, 2013, and have seen sort of the evolution of me as a person and have encouraged me, have, have been there for me when I was at my lowest, when I've been at my highest and, and everything in between. And I, I want to celebrate with those guys because there's a love for them that I have beyond, you know, anyone else, you know, like it's so incredible. And so I, I cherish the moments I've had with my teammates over time. That is one of the most incredible parts about playing team sports. And it's one of the hardest parts about finishing up team sports is that you're not around your friends and your boys and your community as often as you were before. And so you have to curate that in a really special way. You have to work hard to maintain those relationships. And I'm lucky and blessed to say that, you know, since we all got done with school in 2014, that we've stayed very, very close. We make trips every year. We celebrate, we group chat, we Zoom call. We do all of these things to try to stay connected and ultimately knowing that we love each other because of the stuff that we've been through together. And now it, it's such a special bond. And so if you're a young person now on a team, man, the relationships that you're gonna have with some of these guys are gonna last a lifetime. And that's incredible. And that's incredible. Like baseball will end at some point, regardless if you play 15 years in the majors or not, it will end at some point. But what may not end is that beautiful relationship that you created with your friend when you guys started playing 9U baseball. And you went through so many iterations together, so many different types of, of evolutions of your friendship or different degrees of your life. And there was separation and there was distance, but then there was always this bond, this love. And I encourage you to nurture those relationships. Doesn't matter how young you are um, or where you're at or what sport you play or what environment you're currently in. Like love your teammates and build those relationships because again, like, the, the path to the good life outside of really taking care of our health is relationships. That's the path to the good life. It's very simple. Take care of your health, eat well, move well, sleep well, think well, and have great relationships. It's not 20 relationships. It's like one to three really powerful relationships that you can show up as you are and there's love and there's support and there's cooperation and there's uh, negotiation and there's encouragement and there's support and there's uplifting and there's honesty and there's truth and there's just like so much love and that can that can begin on the sports field at least it did for me and I'm forever grateful for that so yeah number six also one of my favorites next play next play this is a move on mindset don't dwell on a mistake and make another don't celebrate after a great play so much that you lose your focus. This teaches athletes composure and poise. So for me, what I say to my athletes is, so what next pitch? So what next pitch? So what next pitch? So that's in a baseball context. So what next pitch? Next play is a really good frame. And you can also say pitch one. Like every, every new pitch is pitch one. Like this is day one. This is day one. Or this is pitch one. This is pitch one. Because you're... If you have one foot in the past, 
and one foot in the future, you're peeing on the present. And if you're peeing on the present, you're not in the present moment. And we have to be in the present moment to experience all the great things that life and sport have to offer. And we can't dwell on those mistakes, mistakes, right? Mistakes. We have to think about maybe post-game or post-performance or post-work, how we can needs work it, what might need to be tweaked, what can we improve upon to make sure maybe that doesn't happen again. But in the midst of the performance, we want to let that go, have a refocus, recognize, release routine, which could be our breath and our body language and our focus and dialing all these things in together to release that last play, doing a physical action, maybe throwing some dirt or moving our hat or taking a big deep breath and embodying that best version of us and saying, so what next pitch? So what next play? So what next presentation? So what next day? Pitch one, pitch one, day one, right? Being able to breathe, being able to get locked into the present moment, having a routine or a process or a system or an algorithm that you use every single time you're trying to refocus. Now in baseball, it's refocusing every single pitch. We're taking a break in between pitches because it takes a lot of mental clarity. And then we're refocusing over and over and over and over again. And I teach flipping the switch, which is body language, breath, and self-talk. And you can have your own sort of mechanism or system that allows you to refocus and release, oh, excuse me, um, release a previous mistake and allows you to recognize that, release it, and then refocus on the present moment. It's very important to have that sort of next play, so what, next pitch mentality in sort of any domain that you are in life because we're all going to make mistakes, but the best performers and the best athletes in the world bounce back quicker than everyone else. So again, no one's perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes of course we are, because if we're in the arena, we're going to make mistakes. If, we're, if we're in the arena, we're going to fall down. But how do we get back up and how do we bounce back quicker than the rest? Because then we can again, we can review, we can iterate, and then we compound, then we compound, then we compound. Then we go back to being the best at getting better. And that's really the beauty of it all right there. Number seven goes along with number five, which is make memories, make memories. And the only way to make memories is to live in the moment. A season goes fast. Your high school career goes fast. Appreciate the moments. Cherish the memories. Hang out with your teammates. Call them. Text them. Do stuff outside of baseball. Like make memories. I promise you, your career, no matter how long it is, everyone will tell you that it goes quick. Yeah, there's going to be some parts in there that if you make it to college ball and you play in the minor leagues that it's going to feel like forever because you're in the fucking trenches trying to claw your way out, trying to make a spot, trying to earn a roster spot, trying to get this, trying to get there. So it's going to seem like you're in the trenches. But over the long haul, over the extended period of time, man, it's going to go by quick. It's going to go by quick. It feels like we just started 2024 and now we're into February, basically. So like things go by quick, make those memories, take the pictures, right? Document things, keep a journal, right? You should keep a journal, yes, for your mental performance, but also keep a journal of memories. And maybe you can show your players when you coach one day or your kids one day, like, or you just look back on your life and all these fond memories of playing baseball or playing your sport or going to camp or hanging out with your religious community, like make those memories. Like they live forever. Again, the good life, the good life is about relationships. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Number eight, pass the mirror test. Can you look in the mirror each night and tell yourself that you did your best, left it all on the field or court, were a good teammate, etc.? 
I mean, that's the definition of success. We're all locked in right here thinking about what this success means. Like, can you look yourself in the eyes at night, at the end of the day, at the end of the performance, at the end of the game and say, yes, I gave my best effort because you may be able to lie and fake it to everyone else, but you cannot lie to yourself and you will not get away with it. And so you have to be honest with yourself. That's why I think that's such a crucial definition of success, because only again, only I can truly be honest with myself. If I said, yes, I did give my best effort today, 100%, that's a success. Boom. So can you pass the mirror test? Number nine, lead by example. Lead by example. This is the first step to leadership. Be on time and have high character. Bring positive energy. Be one of the hardest workers. Be committed. Lead by example. This episode is important because not only am I reminding myself some of these things that I have to do, but I'm reminding everyone else who's listening who may have a child or teach or coach that we have to embody. We have to embody the traits that we wish our young players, our young people to possess. If we want them to be kind or honest or zesty or grateful or energetic or resilient or consistent, we have to be about it. It's less about what we say and more about how we act. So we have to lead by example. We have to lead from the front and we have to embody the traits that we wish to possess. As a coach, I want my players to be calm, cool, and collected. I want them to stay neutral. I want them to be able to be in the present moment. I want them to be able to enjoy what's happening. I want them to be able to feel what they're feeling, but not let them throw them on a seesaw. I want them to feel neutral, calm, and collected. I want them to feel intense, but relaxed. So I have to embody those traits, even when things are going wrong. Maybe we gave up 10 in the first inning. I'm still calm. I'm cool. I'm collected. Yeah, I'm bringing up the energy for my guys. I'm trying to get a sense of what's going on. How can we uplift the spirits? How can we think about one pitch, one pitch, one pitch, one pitch at a time to claw us back into this baseball game? And I have to embody those traits because that's what I want them to do. I don't want them to think, oh shit, we're down 10. What the fuck are we going to do now? No, it's okay. Yes, we have to accept this is our reality. It's the second inning and we're down 10-0. But how can we keep them right there on defense and claw our way back and claw our way back? And maybe by the third or fourth or fifth or sixth inning, it's 12 to 10. And that's the mentality that we can have that we're never out of the game. The game is never over. So I want them to embody those traits as well. So I have to lead by example in that mentality, in the so what next pitch mentality, in the day one pitch one mentality, in the optimistic mentality. Because optimism for me is the foundation of mental toughness. What is optimism? Optimism is the fundamental belief that things will work out for the best through the proper through the proper effort, energy, attention, and focus. So again, we have to have an optimistic belief that we can still come back in this game. Now, it doesn't mean that we will, but we're down 10 runs and we're optimistic about it. We're like, yeah, yeah, this is real. We gave up 10 runs in the first inning. That's true, but man, why can't we? Why not us? Why can't we make this comeback? Why can't we win this baseball game? And it's not about the outcome, but it's about, okay, now what's, what can we do one pitch at a time over and over and over and over and over again to potentially claw our way back in it? But that's not ever going to be possible if we don't first believe that it's possible. That's why I think optimism is the foundation for mental toughness because I'm mentally tough. I'm in the arena. I'm resilient and I always fucking get back up because I have this fundamental belief that things will work out for the best. It does not mean that they always work out. 
It doesn't mean they always work out. That's impossible. But I have this optimism, this practice of optimism, this skill of optimism that I've brought into my life because I've trained it over and over and over again. And so even when I'm down 10 runs in the first inning with my guys, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's the reality of the situation. We had a tough first inning. So what? Who cares? Wipe it. Let's move on. How can we pick up our teammates? How can we encourage this guy? How can we bring this guy up? How can we do one pitch, one pitch, one pitch at a time until maybe we're clawed back into this baseball game? And that's life right there. It's a spiraling up. It's a spiraling up. Yes, we go up. We get hit with the setback, the obstacle, which we expect because we don't expect life to be easy. We expect there to be hiccups and bumps in the road and obstacles and setbacks and challenges. And we take them on full force. We accept the challenge. We say, bring it on. I'm ready for that challenge. And then we keep moving forward and we get back up and we get back up and we review and we iterate and we improve and we spiral up and we spiral up and we spiral up and we spiral up all the way because we know that our response is in our control. We know that our attitude and our effort is always in our control. So how can we respond to these setbacks so we can influence the outcome in a better way by praising my effort and thinking that success is success is giving my best effort. Now, I just sort of jumbled all of that up into last couple minutes, but those are the things that I'm most passionate about when trying to coach my players or the young athletes that I work with. And I think it's applicable to any domain of life. That's why I love doing, you know, speaking engagements at corporate settings or in offices or with salespeople or at universities or at high schools, because it's applicable to everything. You can extrapolate all these tools that athletes use to bring out the best of themselves, to get to the messy edge, to be the best at getting better. And you can put it in all these different environments so we can be flourishing and well-performing and high well-being on and off the field, whatever our field may be. And I think that's a super powerful thing. And so the last one, number 10, is to lead out loud, which is basically what I've been trying to do here, right? Lead by example, then lead out loud, be a vocal leader, be an encourager, be willing to hold teammates accountable. And so that's really imp important. We want to lead from the front. We want to hold ourselves accountable. We want to be the first ones to say that we made a mistake and how can we get better and how can we hold ourselves accountable because we can't hold anyone else accountable or ourselves accountable if we don't know what the expectations are. And I don't really like expectations or rules. I like standards. So what are the standards that you set for yourself and how do you try to reach those every single day? What if you don't reach those? What needs work? How can we improve? And so we're leading out loud. We're leading out loud. And so to review... Number one is I love watching you play. Number two is I believe in you. Number three, do your best. Number four, be great at what you're good at. Number five, love your teammates. Number six, next play. Number seven, make memories. Eight, pass the mirror test. Nine, lead by example. And 10, lead out loud. If the only thing you take away from this is number one is I love watching you play, please take that with you. Remember, praising effort over outcomes. I love watching you play. I love seeing you put in that work. I love seeing you hustle on and off the field. I love seeing you study an extra hour every night to get a good grade on that test. I loved watching you work hard. I love watching you try hard. I love watching you put in that effort every single day. Praise that effort over that outcome. And I promise performance is gonna increase because um, rewarded behavior is repeated behavior. So those are some phrases that all athletes, people, young people, anyone you work with might need to hear. So 
change the context or for sort of whatever domain you work in or contact me and I can help you change the wording for the context that you're in. But thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I really appreciate it and I'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to that episode. What phrase or insight stood out to you the most? Which idea resonated with you most deeply that you could implement into your life today? And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple, or even on Good Pods. But the absolute best way to support this podcast is by becoming a supporter via Patreon. Patreon directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit called You Are Loved. So click the link in the show notes, scroll through all of the tiers, and see which one might work best for you and your needs. But I thank you in advance. I appreciate you very much. But most importantly, most importantly, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.